Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today I'm so excited. We're talking with Todd Palmer, and he's just, I got to tell you, he's got some incredible stuff. He's a renowned thought leader, a CEO, an executive coach, and an author, and he's really committed to improving lives. He works with successful entrepreneurs, and, uh, and he is a successful entrepreneur multiple times over now himself. Um, and he's got a lot to share with you today about uh, how to push forward and get to that next level. He is the CEO of a six-time Inc. 5000 company. So he, he understands more than just how to work with and coach and advise business owners. He, he's built his own very successful business. And, and I think that gives him a really unique perspective. And so, uh, Todd, I'm really excited that you're here today and uh, excited for what we're going to share with everybody. Welcome. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And you know, let, let's get started and see if we can help a few folks today. Absolutely. Well, to give everybody a little bit of context, can you, can you kind of give them some background so they, they really understand where you're coming from? Sure. So, yeah, I started my company, Diversified Industrial Staffing, in 1997 for a little bit under $20,000. It was one of those situations where you know, I went to, to my, my three favorite funding sources, Friends, Family, and Fools, and I was able to, to borrow some money to get off the ground. And by day 72, we turned a profit. That gave me a you know, great sense of, of accomplishment and a great sense of pride thinking, all right, you know, I've got this, this business owner's uh, thing licked, I'm 27 years old, I'm profitable, life is pretty good. And we were basically providing people in a state here in Michigan where things were going at that point really well. Country was at full employment. So if you had bodies as a staffing company, you could get people to work tomorrow. Very similar to what it is today. Um, fast forward to 2006, uh, we had some, some tough times ahead of us, not knowing what I didn't know. And by mid-2006, we were $600,000 in debt, 60 days away from running out of cash. And that's when I went out and I reached out to my network and I hired a coach. And he helped me make some very difficult and tough decisions. And we were able to turn that business around and make it into that six-time Inc. 5000 company that we're enjoying today. Wow. Um, it, you know, it, it's so, so interesting. When I talk to business owners who have been through that part of the cycle, you know, you're, you're up, 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 and then, you know, catastrophe hits. And for almost everybody that I talk to, it's 2006 to 2008, yep. you know, um, and, and for obvious reasons. But figuring out how to deal with that and, uh, and move beyond it. And there are a lot of different ways that you can do that. But um, it, it takes some real grit to move through that. So, you know, when you were faced with that, and, and now when you're faced with challenges, what do you do to, to really kind of stay focused and, and keep pressing on and moving forward? Well, in 2006, I didn't know how to do that. It was a really difficult time. You know, my personally, you know, like a lot of entrepreneurs probably listening today, I personally guaranteed the money to the bank. I didn't have it. Um, I had a dysfunctional team in my organization, people I had hired, people I had chosen, and I was really you know, kicking my own butt, suffering from a, an immense, immense state of imposter syndrome. I, I just didn't know what I didn't know, and I didn't know where to go. So one of the first things I, I did, like I said, is I hired a coach. And so you know, I, and now what I do when I have tough days is I reach out to my network. 
a part of EO, the Entrepreneurs Organization. And I talk to, to other entrepreneurs and CEOs in that group and get their feedback on some of the struggles I'm faced with. I look in the mirror. Ultimately, I'm accountable and responsible for the company. It's my baby. And if it's not going well, what can I do differently? And then I really figured out that I have to have a fail forward mentality. That failure is part of the process. And sometimes that failure means you've hired some of the wrong people. You have to make changes. Like in 2006 in September, uh, I fired my entire company and I started over because I had hired the wrong people. I had to learn from that. It's a very painful thing to admit. However, had I not made that difficult decision, we would not have turned the business around. We probably would have gone out of business. Potentially, I could have, you know, I could have lost everything. So, being the leader for me, you know, I reach out to my network. I look at my contribution to the situation. I realize that failing is part of the process, and sometimes in that whole ball of wax is difficult decisions that need to be made. And heavy is the head that wears the crown of leadership within an entrepreneurial organization. There's no way around it. Entrepreneurs sometimes have to do things they don't want to do. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And I, I think, I mean, you, you said a, a ton of valuable stuff in there. And then the first one you said was, hey, I, I, I went out and I got help. And, and then you, you repeated that about three times. And, you know, it, it's really interesting. Having been through that, you know, a similar process at about the same time, I couldn't have made it through had I not been in, uh, I was in a, a CEO peer group at the time. And without being able to walk into that room and confidentially share with some other entrepreneurs, hey, here's, here's the hand we've been dealt. I don't even know what to do. Uh, I don't even know, begin to know where to start asking the questions. Without having that, I couldn't have gotten through it. And um, what I see a lot of, of entrepreneurs do is they will, you know, you get in a situation like that, it's embarrassing. Oh, for but, sure. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm the successful leader of a business, you know? And so you want to retreat inside yourself. Was that something like that was hard for you to overcome? Oh, I think we live the same life, my friend. Um, I definitely retreated within myself. That's where the imposter syndrome really significantly rooted itself because I thought I should have all the, did a lot of shooting. I should have all the answers. I should know what to do. I should be able to do this. I should be able to get my staff to do what needs to be done. All those different things. And uh, a really, a really good friend of mine said to me, you know, an entrepreneur alone is an entrepreneur at risk. And you are isolating yourself and you're, you're thinking that you, you should be embarrassed where this is all part of the process. That's the challenge I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't know. You don't typically go to college or high school to get a degree in entrepreneurship. You don't typically learn these things when you work for somebody else. You know, I often explain to the young entrepreneurs that I work with that, you know, you've got to understand that, you know, we are in a very unique position. We're taking a lot of risk, hoping for a lot of reward. And with that risk comes a lot of fiduciary responsibilities that I didn't even know about. You know, um, the government gets paid first. Employees get paid second. Vendors get paid third. If you're lucky, you get paid fourth. That's the early startup stages of being an entrepreneur typically. And I didn't know that. I thought, you know, Anyway, I thought you just you started a company and it just worked. Now you watch TV shows like Shark Tank and different programs like that where they you know they take a four-hour presentation pitch meeting, cut it down to 12 minutes for TV content, and people think, oh wow, these these really successful people just give me money and I make more money for them. It doesn't typically work that way. So that's like you're saying, the CEO peer-to-peer -peer learning environment, trusted advisors in your in your back pocket can kind of help guide you 
because there's so much as entrepreneurs that we have to take on responsibilities we didn't even sometimes know we signed up for, but nonetheless, we still have them. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, again, sometimes you just don't even know where to go and what the right questions are to ask. Um, I know, I, I remember feeling like that, like, you know, it was clear things were going in a, in a bad way economically. Much of that was was outside of our control because it had to do with larger markets. But, you know, figuring out, okay, what is in our control? What can we influence that can start to move us forward? Um, I couldn't see it. And, uh, and, and so that's where that outside help, for me anyway, really came in as somebody who could see the things that I was blind to. Um, and, and so I, yeah, I know the value of that. Now, um, clearly you're a big believer in this. You're now doing this for, uh, for other businesses. Does it change when you're working with another business owner and they've come to you and they've got a situation that is beyond what they're ready to grasp at the moment. And and now they're turning to you and you've got to give them that, that advice. Is it, is it more difficult? Is it easier? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting because it's like sports. You, you can play the game really well, but can you coach the game really well? Not a lot of people can do both. And that's certainly what I want to do with Extraordinary Advisors is I want to coach people just as well as I've been coached. And I still use a coach. So the first thing I say to entrepreneurs that want to potentially engage in my services is what it will be, you know, I drink the Kool-Aid. I still have a coach. I, I believe in it. And I know I don't know everything. The other thing that really differentiates between working on, on my current business, Diversified Industrial Staffing, while coaching people through Extraordinary Advisors, is it's so much easier to look at someone else's house and say, oh, well, if you just move this furniture around, you're going to have great flow. Within your own business, there's a lot more blind spots sometimes. Hence, that's why I still have a coach. Um, I was just working with a, a client a couple weeks ago, and we had to have the conversation that you know, your, your revenue is strong, but your margins need to be improved. And within about a two-hour conversation, we moved his margins four points. He had never even thought about it. He, had, he didn't see the opportunities. That's, I think, what coaches can do for people is it's kind of like, it's like you're renting someone else's cerebral cortex because we get so fight or flight as entrepreneurs. We get so fear-based at times that we just don't see that next, that route through the forest. We just keep running into that same tree. So I see them really as two different roles. That's why for Diversified, I still use a coach to help me sometimes navigate those treacherous waters. I, I, I would imagine, too, that it's a little bit easier to, to look objectively at a business from the outside. You don't have the emotional baggage of having built it all. When, when you've built it, you know, as much as we, we all want to say there's, you know, there's no pride of authorship, and I like saying that a lot, well, sometimes there is. I mean, if we're really honest. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's one of those situations where it's, it's much easier to, to sometimes, you know, this is our, these are our babies, like it or not. And, you know, these are, you know, I often say to entrepreneurs who have struggles in their marriage, I say, do I even talk to your significant other about your mistress? Well, what do you mean? Your business is your mistress. It, it, it's your pride. It's your joy. You love this thing. And it doesn't always love you back as you and I both have attested to today. And it's a real, really a valuable thing to take a look at, you know, why are you doing this? One of my favorite authors is Simon Sinek, and he talks about the power of why. And for us, at Diversify, but also at EA, we do it to improve lives. And if we're improving lives in what we do, the money will come. But we can't also work for free, and we shouldn't apologize for what we charge for, because people, 
people need to understand that people that companies are hiring us as as entrepreneurs to solve problems and they're paying us for our knowledge not always just for our per hour time slot and you can certainly go you know, i'm sure what warren buff is going to charge you per hour versus what todd palmer is going to charge you for hour per hour is going to be a little bit different but i think with warren buff you're going to have a different set of expectations and when you know people come to me and they go wow show me how to be a, a six-time Inc. 5000 company. Well, there's a, there's a fee for that. This isn't just something that's going to you know, permeate through an organization without blood, sweat, and tears. And, definite, and the definition of that is put your money where your mouth is. And that's where entrepreneurs, I think, can really get lost is they, they sometimes focus on the cheap. We focus on free. We focus on those other things. Well, e even the peer-to-peer -peer learning groups that I'm part of, there's still a fee of, you know, Gosh, ten thousand dollars a year. Everybody, you got to pay to play. Sometimes you got to spend money to make money. I think that's the the quote of the episode. Is we we shouldn't apologize for what we charge. I love it. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be more, back with more from Todd, and we're going to dive into uh, really what it what it takes to work with a coach and how to be successful with a coach. So we'll be right back with more from Todd Palmer. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Welcome back. This is Steve Gordon. And today I'm talking with Todd Palmer. And uh, Todd, you've shared with us kind of your journey and how working with a coach, with a trusted advisor has kind of shaped your journey. And, and I mean, it sounds like in your first business, it really was the, the catalyst for rebuilding that business in a really difficult time um, and turning it into a six-time Inc. 5000 company. So now that you're working with, in addition to running your, your main business, you're working and coaching entrepreneurs, what are you seeing that with the ones who are really successful with that relationship with you, what do they do that, that the others don't do? Well, I think, Steve, that the real... The real differentiator is entrepreneurs, by and large, need to understand that as a coach, we should vet you just as much as you're vetting us. And it's got to be a good relationship because at the end of the day, we're just two people or me and the CEO and their leadership team working together. And you can talk about the four pillars of any kind of business, whether it's cash, strategy, execution, or staff. All those categories are, are influenced and all those decisions are made by people. So the people had to have a certain sense of connectivity. The worst thing you can do is uh, go out and, and set up a coaching relationship to impress your friends or go to the coach and go, hey, I've got a coach. Because um, really the, the coach's job is to, to get you where you want to go. And you have to do the work. I, you know, I can help, help you see a different vision. I can help you lay out a strategic path. I can help you talk about some bottlenecks that you have with your execution. But I'm not at your business every day. I can't come in and do that work. And that level of authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability from the CEO to the coach and then back into the organization, I think is where I see the most transformative change. Where it typically doesn't work is when the CEO is thinking, well, I'm going to hire a coach to help me solve this problem. But really, they want the coach to come in and solve the problem or, 
or, or change out team members or put a different direction in. And you can't, you can't, you know, there is no silver bullet with any business I've ever seen. It's, it's requires the level of commitment, dedication, and the willingness to be uncomfortable. One of the, one of the things that, that I find works really well and when I'm with a leadership team is I always make sure the CEO agrees to speak last. Most of the CEOs that I know, we, we, we're usually the smartest kids in the room or we think we're the smartest kids in the room. And sometimes the best ideas are squashed by the CEO and their personality. Because the team, like children, want to please the CEO. The team want that, that person, the person who signs their check, to be satisfied in him. Well, but they may not always have the best answer. So if the emperor has no clothes, it's the team's job to go around the table to figure out, well, what works and what doesn't? What's the best idea? And that's why I always tell the CEO, all you have to do is say, I really like George's idea or I really like Sue's idea. It could have been your idea, but maybe it wasn't as good as your idea. But you don't ever have to own that. Just let, just let the best idea win in the room because at the end of the day, there's the, the owner, the leadership team, but also there's that third entity, which is the business. The business is like a child. It needs tender, loving care. It needs structure. It needs discipline. And it's the responsibility of the leader and the leadership team to drive those things. And if the best ideas aren't shared and the best ideas aren't heard, then that third party, that business doesn't get the tender, loving care it needs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny as you're describing that. Um, I'm thinking back in, in my own experience, how many times, especially when I was young, I became CEO of my first business at 28 and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And thinking back to how I would operate and run meetings was awful. It was terrible. I, mean, I was doing all the things you just described. Um, the, the thing that jumped out to me in, in what you just said was the, the idea that a business owner may bring in a coach and want kind of the coach to do it. And I've always viewed it and I, you know, believe me, I, I, I drink the Kool-Aid. I've got four coaches right now for different areas of my life um, from fitness all the way through the business and other things, because I, those are strategic areas that I want to improve. And, um, and, and I always look at the role of a coach in, in two dimensions. Number one, it's, it's to really provide an outside perspective and some outside thinking on the problems that you're facing every day. And number two, it's to hold you accountable. And so one of my coaches, which I, I saw this morning, is a, is a fitness coach, personal trainer, okay? And she can see things that I can't see. She knows what exercises I should be doing based on me telling her what my goals were, right? And she sure as hell holds me accountable, in fact, probably more so than I, I'd really like some days. And, and you know, what I love about the, the fitness analogy is that that allows you to break it down to something pretty simple that everybody can understand. And that's the way, if you're going out to work with a business coach, I think that's the approach as a business owner you ought to take is I'm bringing somebody in because they've got fresh eyes and they see a lot more businesses than I see. And they're going to have some unique approaches. And once we decide on a plan, they're going to keep me to it. Right. Well, you know, I think there's a great, that's a great comparison. And if you think about a fitness program, you know, if you, if you want to drop 20 pounds, you're not going to lose 20 pounds in a week. If you lose two pounds a week for 10 weeks, it's a, it's a successful program. And a lot of times when businesses are in crises or they've reached that glass ceiling, they want instant change and an instant quick fix. And I always say to my clients, if you can change your business 1% per week over a 52-week period, you've made a 50% turnover in your organization, whether it's with strategy, execution, if you've got cash problems, 
you know, how do we get more cash in the door? How do we improve your margins? But that stuff's not going to occur overnight. No different than if you want to get into, like you said, a fitness program. You know, if you you want to you want to add, you want to be able to lift, you know, go from benching 200 pounds to benching 300 pounds. It's not going to happen in a week. But those little small incremental steps need to occur. And I think as leaders, one of the best areas of opportunity that we have during that iterative process is to celebrate the victories with the team. Because so many entrepreneurs don't do it. They're all focused on the end goal, those little steps along the way. You'd be surprised what kind of loyalty and what kind of team environment you can build when you celebrate those small victories. Yeah, I can imagine. And, you know, particularly when you're trying to transition through challenges, even if they're not like 2006 to 2008 type challenges, but even just the little stuff that comes up, you know, it's so easy for us as entrepreneurs to focus on the, the, the negative, the bad stuff, and we rarely pay enough attention to the successes. Um, and I know I'm guilty of that. In fact, I, I try and be really proactive now of writing that stuff down. Otherwise, I forget about it, you know? And uh, mm -hmm. so you work with a lot of different types of business. Who's, who's kind of in your sweet spot? Who, who are the, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they go, yeah, I really, I, I need to get a coach to get to that next level. Who's sort of the perfect person for, for your firm? Well, for me, the, the perfect person is an entrepreneur who has that lifelong learner mindset. The entrepreneur who recognizes, I, may, I, I know I don't know everything. I don't know necessarily where I need to go, but I know I recognize that I need help. And so many, um, so many entrepreneurs are, are very ego-driven. I was ego-driven. Sometimes I'm still ego-driven. It's just part of the deal. It's part of who we are. And if you're, if you can be, you can have a strong sense of self, but pride and the ego don't care about anything else. So confidence is good. Being having too much ego typically doesn't work. So one of the, the you know, I use a betting tool to find out, you know, if, if I'm going to be a good fit because hiring a coach is an acquired taste. It's not, you know, my style is not going to work for someone as well. Someone else's style might work. So it's a very individual choice. The first and foremost is, are you coachable? Are you willing to make change and are you willing to roll up your sleeves? Because my style is very different than a lot of coaches. One, most coaches have never owned a business, by and large. Two, um, we've attained a, a nice track record of success, so that means I'm about being accountable. <laughs> you just got to be that way. So if you're not accountable, it's not going to work really well. And, and three, you know, I want to walk the path with my clients. So I have a very strict program. I do four quarterly meetings, but I do twice a month calls with either the CEO or the CEO and their leadership team to check the pulse. Where are we? Are we on track or are we off track? Are we hitting our KPIs? Are we hitting our rocks? Because we, you know, a lot of coaches just kind of fly in, fly out on a quarterly basis. Um, I think there's so much that can be accomplished with quicker touch points, sh uh, shorter durations between connections. And that's for me, I just absolutely get jazzed. I had a call with a client this morning. And the, the movement they've had in three weeks is, is phenomenal. So One, I'm so proud of the entrepreneur because he's sticking to what he said he was going to do, even though he's had tough times. And, and two, his team now believes in him. Maybe, maybe they had some doubts before. And just to hear this group of people trying to go in the same direction, on the same path, even with some stumbles along the way, one person's off track, the team is now bringing that person back on track with his rocks. It's just, it's so incredibly rewarding. But if, if someone wants to do the same as it ever was to just, you know, kind of just slowly bump along 
and really wants to be, you know, not goal focused and not willing to be vulnerable and transparent about why they're not hitting things, then I'm definitely not a good fit for them. Yeah. And, and I can, I could imagine they wouldn't last very long with, uh, with your approach to things. So where is the best place for people to go and find out more about what you're doing and, and, uh, your approach to, to working with entrepreneurs? Yeah, the best place to, to find out more about us would be at uh, extraordinaryadvisors.com. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of our information up there. I do do keynote speeches. I'll come in and do a workshop if that's required, or certainly the, the CEO and executive level coaching. In fact, what, what I'd like to, to offer to your audience today, Steve, is anybody who mentions on the website that they want to meet with me or talk with me, and they mention that they heard me on your podcast, I'd be happy to give them an hour of my time for free. And, and for me, that's really uh, an opportunity to, to pay it back to the pe people who paid it forward through me. So many people, whether it's been the people in my, my EO chapter or just great conversations with other entrepreneurs around the country who've just given me their time. Uh, you know, this is the least I can do to, to help pay it forward that mentality that an entrepreneur alone is an entrepreneur at risk. Let's not have that. Even if it's just you know, somebody I talked to one time, um, you know, you just, you just never know that one message from one person could change, could change the course of things. And so I'm happy to offer that to your audience today. Oh, thank you. That's really, really generous. And uh, I appreciate that. And, and uh, I know there'll be some folks that uh, will, will want to take you up on that. So uh, where, where will they go? Where, where should they go on your website to, to uh, take advantage of that? Just go to the uh, contact us page of extraordinaryadvisors.com. My assistant Kelly will get you put onto my calendar and we can have a conversation. Very good. Well, that's a really generous offer. And, and thank you for, for uh, sharing that with our audience. Uh, Todd, it's been fantastic talking with you. We could go on and on for hours, but uh, I know time is precious. And, uh, and uh, it's just been a, a blast getting to know you a little bit and uh, talking about your approach today on the interview. Uh, thanks so thanks again for being a guest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.